Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. So come and be a part of that, and I know your life will be blessed. Amen. Matthew chapter number 17, starting with verse number 1, and I have several verses here to read. It might be termed a little bit of a lengthy reading, but let's read it this morning. The Bible says, And after six days Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John his brother, and bringeth them up into an high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them, And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias, which is the Elijah of the Old Testament, talking with him. And answered Peter, then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud, which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were sore afraid. And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise and be not afraid. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only amen for a little while this morning with the help of the holy ghost i'd like to minister this to us today taken from the last verse and particularly the last couple words as my text today jesus only jesus only would you join me right now in prayer one more time that god would help our understanding father lord i love you jesus today i'm asking god that you would help our understanding in this place i pray oh lord god that you would just allow your spirit lord to god mingle and meander lord among these pews this morning in our lives and hearts and minds i pray oh god today we need lord jesus the voice of heaven god to speak to us i pray oh lord today let something god be said or spoken that people will be able to identify to and relate with and God but they'll be able to take into their own life and apply I pray oh Lord today Jesus help us God in this regard anoint my mind and my lips mark any air from my mouth God to speak what the spirit God would say into the church this morning in the lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray amen and amen everybody say amen amen Amen. you may be seated this morning in Jesus name Jesus only Jesus only Helen Rosevar was attacked on October the 29th, 1964. It was during the Civil War of Zaire, and repeatedly she had been raped, and repeatedly she had been brutalized. She was a missionary, as the story is told, and in that moment of time, her heart cried out, amen, against God for what she considered to be his failure for her to fall into these hands that took advantage of her sexually and took advantage of her physically. And she could, in that moment of days following that, contending with her lack of faith in what God had allowed to come upon her life, that she heard God say, you asked me when you were first converted for the privilege of being a missionary. He said, this is it. He said, don't you want it? He said, these are not your sufferings, they are mine. 
All I ask you is the loan of your body. And in a further conversation with the Lord, she could almost sense a quiet rebuke from the master telling her, you no longer want Jesus only, but Jesus plus. He says plus respect, plus popularity, plus public opinion, plus success, plus pride. He said Jesus plus, no, you can't have it. He says either it must be Jesus only or you'll find you have no Jesus. I would dare to say this morning that the high watermarks in our life as a Christian sometimes that we would deem experiences that were just great, experiences that were just wonderful in our walk with the Lord, that whenever we have experienced those at times, even in a church setting or in a setting outside of church, whenever God has just comforted us and visited us and helped us, that whenever those things have happened, it has done nothing but cultivate and create in our life a desire for more times just like that. Whenever we feel like that we are soaring up on cloud nine and a half and maybe even reaching 10 in our walk with God, we desire for those moments to always exist and for those moments to continue on and never, never cease from being. For Helen here in our story, it may have been whenever she received her initial call to be a missionary or perhaps it was whenever she seen multiple lives that were changed by her mission or her involvement in the mission field. But nonetheless, we all have had those times when what we felt and what we experienced, it could have, if it just would want to, just last a little bit longer. We all could have had those moments whenever we felt the tears rolling down our faces and there was nothing but the presence of God that we were experiencing. Lord, if you had desired, just let this experience just last a little bit longer. When everything in life was falling into place and it seemed like, you know, everything was going the way it should be. Health was well. Wealth was right. Amen. There's a good there's a good synergy if you will among the family God just let it last a little bit longer nobody is disappointed when good just prolongs nobody's disappointed whenever good health stays around for a while nobody's disappointed whenever the finances are in the black rather than in the red we all would like for those moments in time to continue on just a little further Moses in the Old Testament can identify with moments that he wished and desired to last just a little bit longer the Bible says while among the mundane terrain of the backside of a desert that he had spent his lifetime of 40 years there among the backside tending the sheep of his father-in-law Jethro the Bible says why he was there one day that he saw a bush that was being burned with fire but it was not being consumed and from that bush he heard the voice of God and God spoke to him and the Bible says whenever Moses seen this sight out there in the middle of that desert, he said, I must now turn aside and see this great sight. God was burning the bush, but the bush was not being consumed. And God from that bush spoke to Moses there. And God from that bush commissioned Moses there to go back to Egypt. And I can't but wonder, Bishop McGee, if the reason why Moses gave forth all all the different excuses of why he could not go back to Egypt if perhaps Moses was just trying to prolong the great sight and the 
great experience that he was experiencing right then in that moment because this is a great episode for 40 years to be on the backside of nowhere and to have an experience of God like this and to be experiencing what I'm experiencing right now and hearing what I'm hearing right now at the threshold of the mount of God. Because Moses says in multiple times, Lord, I can't. I'm slow of speech. God, who, who am I going to say that sent me? He's saying all these things, but I can't but wonder. Maybe Moses was just enjoying what he was seeing and enjoying what he was feeling. And he wanted to prolong that moment. He wanted to prolong that experience right there in the presence of God. If you will, consider the Old Testament character of Joshua and consider him this morning who the Bible says when he and Moses went to the tabernacle but there was a pillar of cloud that descended upon that place and Moses spoke with God as God would speak with his friend and Moses returned from that moment but the Bible says that Joshua did not depart in other words he lingered there just a little while longer why I don't want this experience I don't want this moment to escape me I don't want it to pass by I'd like to stay right here in the tabernacle since the presence of God see the cloud feel what I'm feeling right now I just like to live right here in the presence of the Lord can someone say amen just like to be here. I don't want this to quit. I don't want this to stop. There have been services in this place where it seemed like no one wanted to leave. There have been services in this place where it seemed like nobody wanted to go home. The final song has been sung and the last key of the keyboard has been struck and we've given the opportunity if you will. You can go home whenever you want to or as you please and nobody has moved. Nobody got up. Nobody grabbed their coat. Nobody grabbed their kids and their keys and exited the door. Why? Because somebody understood what they felt there was precious. What they felt there was special. And they wanted to stay there just a little while longer because there was a little heaven on earth that was taking place in that moment in time. If we could just prolong this. I don't want this to soon pass me by. I don't want this to soon dissipate. I just want to live here for a little while. Because it's in those moments that it feels like we are, we are in a safe cocoon at that moment. We're insulated from everything of the world. We're insulated from everything of the life, of current happenings that's going on around us. Nothing else matters in those moments. Nothing else is vying for our attention. Nothing's going to take our spirits down in those moments of being in the presence and the isolation, amen, of the presence of the almighty God. But folks, just as soon as the cocoon stage of a caterpillar cannot last forever neither can these times and neither can these experiences last forever in our lives as well I remember as a young boy growing up and perhaps this came to me because camp meetings around the corner but I remember as a young man growing up I remember very distinctively and this is true and anybody perhaps that grew up around camp meetings throughout your life can understand what I'm talking about when I say this. I remember leaving those campgrounds on Saturday morning with an odd sense of depression setting in because we had been there all those days. We had been in services during the day and services at night. 
we had had some great times surrounded by some great people. We had been in the presence of the Lord. There had been times young people had been carried back to their beds at night. We had experienced the presence of the Lord, the lingering, the longing, the staying in the presence of God. And I hope my humanity wasn't in it, but that's also where me and my uh, to-be wife would part. She'd go back to her state of Tennessee and I'd go back to mine. And in the essence, though, of the presence of the Lord, Sister Nadine, I didn't want those days to end. I didn't want that feeling to end. I didn't want that experience to end. I didn't want to leave all of that, Dad. I, I wanted to stay there. And so on Saturday morning, there was just a little looming of depression because I knew all of this was coming to a close. All of this was coming to an end. But the reality is we can't leave here at church folks I know there'd be times I'd like just to sit on the pew just a few more hours and soak it all in but we cannot live here at church and I can't live at a conference and I can't live at a camp meeting amen for one reason I don't think my physical body could handle it but I can't live in those different episodes of life amen in many instances of life we live on a level amen that is much less than a conference much less than a camp meeting. Much less than some of those services that has raptured you up, so to speak, to the third heaven. And I'm sure that this woman in the story that I began with today, Helen, felt that way. That she was raped. She was brutalized. It probably made her feel that she was living on a level lesser than what she was called to, called to be a missionary. Amen. I believe she probably felt she was living on a level, Brother Fred McGee, that was probably somewhat lesser than human at that moment in time when she was taken advantage of. Her innocence was taken away. Her dignity was stripped from her. Her pride, her appearance was compromised in that moment. And yet the voice of God explained to her that when everything is subtracted from your life, you will come to an epiphany, if you will. Either it must be Jesus only, or you'll find you have no Jesus. Someone say amen. What an honor in our story of Matthew 17 that Peter and James and John would be taken by Jesus up into a high mountain that was apart, the Bible says, and witness his transfiguration. Here are three ordinary fishermen, as it were, that were given this gift of an extraordinary experience on top of this mountain. They had witnessed the Lord bring back to life Jairus' daughter. They would later be depended upon to be the three that were to go a little further in the Garden of Gethsemane with Jesus. But right now, they were caught up in one of the most spectacular events of their lives the transfiguration of Jesus Christ it impacted them and affected them so much that later John would write and pin the words concerning this moment in time and record we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth Peter would later testify to the fact we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. None of them had ever seen Jesus on this fashion. 
None of them had ever seen him in this way. His face, the Bible says, did shine as the sun. The Gospel of Luke said the fashion of his countenance was altered. The Bible says that his raiment was white, amen, as the light. But Gospel Mark said no fuller on earth could wipe them as they were whitened, amen, before their eyes. Luke even describes that they were glistening, that they were somewhat of a shining or emitting, if you will, of light. Someone say amen. And yet the Bible says in addition to all of this that there was a company of two great men that was with the Lord Jesus upon that mount of transfiguration. Two great men of yesteryear of times past that stood there that Peter, James, and John witnessed with him. There was Moses and there was Elias, or if you will, Elijah. Hey man, folks, if you want to talk about rubbing shoulders, if you want to talk about hobnobbing with people of prestige, James, Peter, and John was rubbing shoulders with the Old Testament prophets of Moses and Elijah do you want to talk about having clout amen and being found amen among the few they were rubbing shoulders with Moses the one that is accounted as the deliverer the one that was the erector of the first tabernacle that was in the wilderness honey that is rubbing shoulders you want to talk about Elijah Elijah's the prophet he's the miracle worker of God he's the one that has God come to him at sundry times and say the word of the Lord came unto me saying you talk about rubbing shoulders they were rubbing shoulders and no doubt Peter amen had James and John's agreement when he said seeing this and witnessing this and rubbing shoulders with these when he said it is good for us to be here in layman's terms I've never experienced anything like this before We've never had an opportunity like this afforded to us. We've never been in the presence of anything like this. We've never seen Jesus on this kind. We've never rubbed shoulders with Moses. We've never rubbed shoulders with Elijah. This is great. This is wonderful. We've never seen Christ on this fashion. This is something we've, this is great. They were, if you will, as we would say modern today, they were having their so-called mountaintop experience. Amen. Special things have happened on mountains. Amen. Experiences that happened there seem to be experiences in their own class. Many of the most memorial, Lord, memorable events of times past in Scripture took place on mountains. The law was given there. The conflict with the prophets of Baal, amen, was resolved there. Isaac was offered on a mountain. Christ was offered on the mount. Moses saw Canaan, that promised land, from a mount. But even to this day, we call those things in our own lives that are superb times, high watermark times, great experience times. We talk about having mountaintop experiences with God. Someone say amen. Many people chide Peter for his next statement but I believe he speaks for all of us I believe he spoke for James and John but I believe he speaks for all of us when he said the next phrase let us make here three tabernacles one for thee one for Moses and one for Elias Peter's statement revealed and exposed this it exposed his desire to stay right where he was at. 
it exposed his desire to want to prolong what was happening prolong what was taking place he did not want this moment to pass him by more than anything someone say amen see in the previous chapter Christ had told them he said I'm going to suffer I'm going to die he challenged these same disciples take up your cross follow me deny everything else so here is a period now after learning of his suffering learning of his death being challenged to follow him here is a period on a mountain that has to be very appealing concerning what they've just heard has to be very appealing in the light of all that they have learned. Let's just stay here for a while. Hallelujah. I'm enamored with the transfiguration. I'm enamored with that. Amen. Moses. Amen. I'm enamored with it. But no more than what Moses was, the burning bush. But no more than what Joshua was with the cloudy pillar of the presence. But no more than what even Helen was with her call to the mission field. I'm enamored with the transfiguration experience. But Bible says they saw a cloud that appeared there the Bible says they heard a voice that spoke and said this is my son in whom I am well pleased it struck fear in their heart it brought reverence to their souls they fell down on their faces the Bible says and they lifted their heads after that moment and they lifted their eyes from the ground and the Bible says they saw no man save Jesus only. One translator said it like this. They saw no one there but Jesus. Wait a minute. Where's Moses? Where is his deliverance? Where's Elias? Where are the miracles? Where is the word from God? Christ, what's happening to your shimmering garments? Where's your glowing face? Hey, I can hear Peter saying, didn't I say that it was good, undeniably good for us to be here on top of the mountain? With Christ, with the man of deliverance and the man of miracles, then I say it was good to be here. Uh-huh. Yet the scripture records in verse 9, no sooner than all of this happened, that the scripture says, after they lifted their eyes and they saw no man save Jesus only, that and as they came, everybody say down. They came down from the mountain. Great transfiguration. Great witnessing of the deliverer and the miracle man. Never seen the Lord upon this kind before. But the Bible says they arose and there was just Jesus standing there. And they all came down from the mountain. Every mountain top experience sooner or later must recede to a Jesus only experience because you can't stay on top of the mountain 
You can't stay on top of the mountain. Just as much as we won't be able to stay beyond five days next week. Or three days when a conference comes. Or spend the night here when God's presence is so imminent and so powerful here. You cannot stay. Every mountaintop experience has to recede to a moment that is just Jesus only. You got to somewhere along in the journey. You might be on cloud now and a half. And please, and I'm not debunking this, but please enjoy it while you're there. But there'll come a moment you'll have to come down from the mountain. You'll have to come down from the experience. And folks, it is there as you are making your way down. Amen. That Jesus will try the trial of your faith will be tested on your descent. Your loyalty to the master will be made or broken as you descend down from those times up on the mountain. And in reality, amen, Jesus, amen, only times if we can look at it and look at the scripture. We look at this man. There's times of deliverance there. There's miracle. The man of miracles there. There's thundering voices. There's a cloud there but in reality hallelujah those times are few and far between but the Jesus only moments outnumber the miracle moments the Jesus only moments outnumber if you will the deliverance moments the Jesus only moments outnumber the mountain the mountaintop experiences moments yes Gideon, I believe in the Old Testament, struggled with times of Jesus only moment. He struggled with times of Jesus only moments. There was a lesson to be learned for him in this respect, still in the Old Testament. And it goes for us as well as it did for Peter, James, and John. We got to find a security. We got to find a confidence of whenever life isn't lived on the mountain, but lives lived on the side or even in the depths of the valley. The Jesus only. The Bible says in Judges 6, verse 13, Brother Zach. And Gideon said unto him, O oh my Lord, note now, the angel of the Lord has come and visit him while he's threshing wheat by or in the wine press. Angel spoke to him, thou mighty man of valor. He's in a little bit of a quandary about whether or not that is actually him he's addressing. <laughs> Me, a mighty man of valor. Yes. And so he tells him that the Lord is going to be with you. The Lord is going to going to do some things for you. God's going to use you mightily, so on and so forth. And in verse 13, Gideon says and speaks back to this angel of the Lord, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord be with us. Look at it. He said, why then is all this befallen us? He says, where be all his miracles? What's he saying? Where's Elias at? Whew. He says, where's the miracles which our fathers told us of saying? Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? What was that? What's he referring to? Whenever Moses brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. You know what he's asking? He's saying, where's Moses at? Where's Elias? Where's Moses? But now the Lord hath forsaken us. This is what Gideon says. The Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us 
into the hands of the Midianites. Gideon saying, if there's not the miracles and there's not the deliverance, then there is no Christ around right now at the moment either. Listen to me, folks. Just because Moses wasn't there when Peter lifted his head and just because Elias wasn't there when those three lifted their head didn't mean Jesus wasn't there. (laughs) Hallelujah. Yes, he manifests himself in those divisions and ways. But they don't have to be there in order for him to be there. Oh, we got to learn a lesson in our walks with God because there will be times the miracles will not be there. And there will be times the deliverance will not be there. But if you fix your eyes and lift them up for Jesus is still there. When there is no chill bump, and when there isn't no answer to the dilemma, and when there isn't no money for the bills, when there isn't, if you will, no spiritual overflowing that happens in a service, you can walk away, and don't you dare say, well, he wasn't there, he was there. Amen, you don't have to have the miracle, you don't have to have the spectacular in order for Christ. It's still Jesus only. He's still there, he's still close, he's still nigh, he's still with with us, with you. Just because Moses wasn't there and Elias wasn't there, it didn't mean Jesus wasn't there. Gideon, just because you haven't seen the miracles and you haven't received the deliverance, does that mean, does not mean that God, that Jesus is not with you presently. Miracles and deliverance might not be materializing right now, but that doesn't mean that Christ has forsaken you. If you will consider it, look down at verse 16 in Judges 6 of this same chapter this morning. The Bible says, this is the Lord speaking again unto Gideon. The Lord said unto him, we don't don't have the miracles, we don't have the deliverance. This is what the Lord said to him. He says, I will be with thee. Well, wait, God. There's no miracle. How can you be with me without the miraculous? Because he can. There's more days God walked with his people through scripture without ever a miracle taking place, but he was still with them. Without deliverance, you ask the children of Israel, Brother Terry, if those 400, 430 years of sorrow in Egypt, they could have said he's forsaken us. Because we don't have no deliverance. But I want you to know he was just as real with them in those 430 years as he was the day they walked out of Egypt. It just boils down sometimes to Jesus only. 
But notice the scripture. He told Gideon, I will be with thee. And note now, note the order of this. And then he says, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. Note the order in which this goes. He tells this man, Gideon, that is, that is floundering around, a little doubtful concerning even the presence of the Lord. That the Lord tells him, I don't want you to doubt my presence because there's no miracles or deliverance taking place. He says, I will be with you. I know, I know you're just looking back at your elders and your ancestors and you're not looking at all the times they walk just with God. You're looking at their miracles and you're looking at their experiences and you're looking at their high mountaintops. But it always wasn't like that. That's what stands out to you, but it always wasn't like that. He says, I'm going to be with you, but look now, look what happens. Amen. And you will have deliverance. You might not see deliverance right now today, but you will have deliverance because miracles and deliverance come and go but if you have Jesus only there's always the possibility there's always the nucleus then for another day of deliverance and another miracle as long as you keep intact Jesus there's always the capability of another mountain even if all you're left with is Jesus someone say amen for the mountain oh Moses and Elijah were there oh Jesus we never seen him like that before yeah. <sighs> folks listen it was Jesus only that took them up the mountain and it was Jesus only that descended with them off the mountain Moses and Elijah didn't come down the mountain with them, but Jesus did. And I by no means belittling the mountaintops. I thank God for them. Let me tell you, I, there's something to look forward to and look back to. I thank God for them. But the reason why I got there to begin with because Jesus only took me there. Woo! And if he took me there, he'll come down with me when I get in the valley as well until I meet my next mountain. So as I ascend and as I descend, it's Jesus only on my way up and it's Jesus only on my way down. As much as we'd like for it to do, to continue... The time came when the transfiguration experience ended. The brilliance of the light faded into a lesser form. The voices from heaven ceased from thundering. And all was but silent, if you will. It was just Jesus only, Peter says. Jesus alone. But Jesus only is still Jesus enough. It's still Jesus enough. I've said before, one of the reasons the enemy and the temptation of the wilderness to the Lord turn stones into bread, take him to the pinnacle of the sinnel, drop down, the angels will bear you up. 
fall down and worship me. A lot of, lot of eyes during that segment of time of the start of Jesus' ministry, the eyes were on him. A lot of concern on him. And if Jesus had just accepted the challenge and made stones into bread and fell, as it were, from the pinnacle of a temple just to be delivered at last moment, his disciples would have got a tainted view of what living for the Lord was all about. They would have thought it's always just miracles and it's always deliverance. And he couldn't do that to them. He needed them to learn a very basic truth that when there is no miracle and there is no deliverance, there's still Jesus. And that is enough. They did as we do. We're all part of the same fabric of humanity. As you note, when they start to descend the mountain, they're descending with questions. Yeah, I've been there. They descend with questions. When they get to the base of the mountain, the Bible says they are met with much people. It even tells us in the story that they are met with the demons of life, if I could call it that, that are clamoring for their attention when they came down from their mountaintop experience. The glimmering radiance isn't there no more. The booming voice isn't given instruction anymore. But Jesus is there. And what Peter just thought and James and John just thought that they left that was an experience that could not be surmounted. It was none like it. And oh, if we could have just stayed there, what they thought they had just let go of with the miracles and just let go of with the deliverance. The Bible says that the Lord speaks to this boy that oft times threw himself in the water and sometimes into the fire. And he looked at this boy with the authority, amen, and the power and rebuked the devil. And that devil departed out of the child and he was cured from that very moment in time. Wait a minute. What just happened? What just happened? This boy was demon-possessed, and now he is healed and made free of that dilemma. That was a miracle. And what Peter just thought he let go of on the mountaintop, he found in the valley because there was still Jesus. And there will be glimpses and episodes of that in life. That every miracle won't take place on the mountain. And every deliverance won't happen on the mountain. But in the ordinary walks of life, the daily grind of Christianhood, we'll find episodes here and there. Reminders of the Savior to us spoken so gently. There can still be miracles as long as you got me. It doesn't matter where you are. There can still be deliverance as long as you got me. It doesn't matter where you are. You can be walking through hell and you can still have a miracle. You can be walking through depression and you can still get deliverance as long as it's Jesus only that still remains intact. It was the result of Jesus only. Just when they thought they were lost from it, he comes with that miracle of deliverance and there in the shadow of the Mount of Transfiguration, it was Jesus only. If you'll stand with me here today. The Bible states in Luke 22. 
I'll close with this. Luke 22, verse 61. Now remember, Peter was one of those on that mount. The Bible says Luke 22 and verse number 61. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord. How he had said unto him before the crock crow, Thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. See, before transfiguration, the Lord said, I'm going to suffer. And Peter says, be it far from you, Lord. It's not going to happen. And Christ told him, get thee behind me. Satan, thou savorest not the things that be of God. He had that mountaintop experience. Oh, the transfiguration of the Lord. Amen. He had told God at one time, he said, all men should forsake you, but I'll not forsake you. I'll go with you to prison, even into death. And it was in that setting, in that context that the Lord told him, there'll be a day that you'll deny me and that you will deny me before the crock crows. You'll deny me thrice. And this is the backside of that story in Luke 22. Peter has denied the Lord has denied him three times and the, before the crock ever crowed. But whenever all of that happened and the crow did his thing and voiced his voice, that the Lord turned. I don't know about this. This is amazing to me. But the Lord turned from whatever position he was. They must have been in some type of distance that they could see each other. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter turned and looked at the Lord and he remembered. And I believe what struck Peter more than anything was that he had forgotten the lesson that he learned on the Transfiguration Mount. Peter, you are totally without 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 if you lose miracles and deliverance but more importantly if you lose Christ and what he had done leading up to this moment was ridding the Jesus only in his life no I don't know him no I don't know that man no I'm not a part of him. But when that crow, that crow voiced its voice, all of this came back to Peter. All of this came back to Peter. And he realized just the ordinary blessing of walking with the Lord. Because at that moment, what he remembered wasn't the Mount of Transfiguration. It wasn't a miracle per se or deliverance. He remembered, I got to have Jesus only. Jesus we bow our heads in this place this morning I know that we all undeniably have met our own mount of transfigurations that we wish God just let it last I could just stay here all day I could just be in this moment for a long time but somewhere along the way it happens the, the, the voice that's thundering stops and everything else ceases and we got to go down the mountain. Hallelujah. And we live then a daily grind in and out week by week with Jesus only. Sir, ma'am, don't be discouraged. Sir, ma'am, don't be dismayed because to have Jesus only is to have Jesus everything. 
to have Jesus only is to have Jesus enough. You are always just a short breath away from your next miracle as long as it's Jesus only. You're always just a short distance from deliverance as long as you have Jesus only. These altars are open this morning. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.